Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Checking in on the star phone right now is the host of the Emmy Award winning show, Dr. Oz. Mehmet Oz is back on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Scott. How are you, Patty? You doing well? We're doing fantastic. You know, I love the way they fix your basement because you got that big Dr. Oz show sign behind you. Yeah. Well, I tell you, this used to be the theater, and the kids are in open revolt. They're saying it's one thing to have a pandemic lockdown; it's another thing to take away all audiovisual tools they could use while you're all locked down. Yeah. Audiovisual tool. I mean, you can't watch your you can't watch uh, Animal can't, House again. You can't binge Tiger King. <laughs> Actually, what we're doing is watching all the Harry Potter movies again because there's so many of them. Right. They're so long; you can actually fill up the entire pandemic with them. That's right. Now, <laughs> your daughter, that uh, Daphne, who my daughter met when they were uh, interning together over a summer, she's married now. Doesn't she have a child? She has four children. Fact, <laughs> it's been a little while, Scott. <laughs> Holy cow! Four of them. Yeah, she makes one a year. They are they're little t- tigresses and tigers, and they they're running around making a mess. But I tell you, they're quarantined with us, which makes it a lot easier because oh, there's something new great. in their lives yeah. every day. So Easter was a big celebration for them. Big big Easter egg hunt. What about the uh, other other kids? Well, I've got so I've got we've got four children. Uh, Daphne's the oldest. The other uh, three are home. Oliver, the youngest, is a junior at Harvard, but he got you know sent home early in the in sure. the. Uh, course of the spring because they shut the school down and actually the day they shut the school down they had their first case so it was uh it was like it was good he got out of there but that's a good move he may be out for the fall too they say today that harvard's considering not bringing them back in the fall I know. So Oliver's become the, the Fox News college correspondent, and he's been going on there and talking about a variety of issues. Some of them are serious ones, like you know, our, the fact that their generation, this is their chance to be defined as mm-hmm. adults, to, to be their greatest generation. And yeah, they're not going to war, but they're doing things, something really important that'll save the lives of older Americans if they, you know, they don't go out and party. But there are bigger issues they face. You know, their, their education is compromised without question. There's no way that you can equate staying on a computer at home and listening to someone go, you know, go on about organic chemistry with actually being in college. And mm-hmm. th- that seems like a small price to pay, but those are formative years. Sure. And, and also financially, it's for a lot of, you know, not so much for Oliver, obviously, but for a lot of kids in college, they're not 
They're not getting re- reimbursed tuition, even though it's no. expensive. Uh, mm-hmm. Many of them are getting prorated back their room and board, but for a lot of kids, it doesn't, it's not enough. They, it took a co- and there's no stimulus package for college kids. So now they're back home, uh, don't have any money, don't have any jobs, because all the summer jobs got canceled. Right. And so they start to get depressed. And just like the kids who grew up in 2000, came of age in 2008 and nine, uh, felt like the, the economy was never going to support them, and for some it never did, we don't want that repeating itself now. No, that's, that's for very... sure. My daughter graduate is supposed to graduate in May, and um, yeah, she doesn't even know what she's going to do now once the diploma comes in the mail. You know, it's yep, confusing exactly. enough to be young and just getting out of school, and you go like, because all of a sudden they go, "Well, wait a minute, I got to go do something. Right? What am can't. I going to do?" <laughs> so know. it must be it, it must be pretty busy and pretty hard on Lisa, your wife. You got you got the four kids plus Daphne's four. You, you've got a regular hotel motel there. And I'll tell you, I was kidding the kids about this. All these children are big kids. They eat a lot. Yeah. So they, it's hard to keep enough food in the house. I mean, they will yeah. rifle through a refrigerator <laughs> in no time at all. But I'll tell you, that these are the, the family issues. That they, but the, the overarching conversation, and it dominates every event we have, because we, you know, we eat all meals together. Right. What, what are we going to do about this pandemic? And it is fascinating. Even within our family, to have different opinions on the, the amount of risk you want, you want to tolerate. You know, the kinds of things you would do to get yeah. back to full speed. Uh, do we actually have a, a year of waiting for the vaccine, or can we get it earlier? All these things become hot topics in our house. Do you? Well, do, do they I'm have pretty, any? Go ahead. Do they have any idea? Are we for sure safe once we have the antibodies in our system? Well, uh, big big report from Korea this morning. Uh, 91 people uh, tested negative. They thought they were okay, and then they tested positive. Now, my personal belief is that, is that most of those are false reports, that they, they thought they were okay, but actually the test missed uh, the virus. Remember, it's a pretty crude tool. You know, you put a swab up your nose. If you don't right. swab the right spot or that minute that they did it, you weren't exuding much virus, then you won't get a positive test. And that's why some have argued that up to a third of all the tests are inaccurate, which is a risk that we know we have taken into account because you tell people they're okay and they're not or vice versa. But personally, I I just cannot imagine having no reaction after you've been infected once. You may not have complete immunity. There are different strains. Uh, It's possible if you had a lot of exposure, perhaps you could get a little symptom. But I just can't imagine you don't have some protection. You know, my daughter uh, is in D.C. working, and Kathleen took the uh, the test. She said they shoved that swab up into your brain, <laughs> and and then uh, she luckily, fortunately, she came back negative. But we got a note from Vicky. She says, "Doctor Oz, uh, will taking the blood pressure drug uh, Losartan exacerbate COVID nineteen symptoms?" We are not sure, and that is a very difficult question for a lot of people because I just spoke to Didier Rolt, the famous French infectious disease specialist, the one who met with Macron last week for three and a half hours. And uh, he, he, he's on the show today, just did an interview reviewing the, the, his outcomes. And uh, he, he's reporting on 1,061 patients. Uh, he concluded that the, the vast majority of them did well. In his, with his protocol, he gives them hydroxychloroquine plus azithromycin. But this is an important observation. He noticed that the blood pressure patients did, did not do well and that the ones who were on the blood pressure medications, uh, obviously if you have high blood pressure, you're usually treated, but some of them were more problematic than others. And so he's saying he doesn't know why. He's not claiming it's the fault of the medication. The fact that the medication works might be 
a clue that you have more receptors for that medication, and that might be what the virus is taking advantage of, or it might be the medication. So he's calling for more research. Uh, companies so far have all, and the medical groups have all uniformly said these medications are not a concern. And by the way, please do not medicate yourself. Do not take your medications off or on. These things are very dangerous to play with. A doctor has to do it with you. But medical groups are not going to research that question because it's worth the, the investive effort. What's all this talk about hyperbaric oxygen chambers instead of ventilators? Well, they work very differently. Hyperbaric oxygen would force oxygen into your body through whatever orifices it can get in there, including your skin. But we don't have enough of those. It's just not a practical thing to do. Whereas ventilators just take the oxygen and put it straight into your lungs. The problem with ventilators is that we are using them the way that we traditionally would treat pneumonia, which is high pressure and force the air in. But this virus does not cause a classic pneumonia. It causes a dry in, uh, lung, which means it's almost like all the, the, the stuff that lets the lung open and close is missing. So instead of a wet sponge that's boggy that you want to blow air through, this is a dry sponge that just doesn't work. And so using high pressure in the ventilator is the wrong way to go, we believe. And that's something that ICU specialists are, are working on. You know, the survival rates, Governor Cuomo has quoted New York as, as a 20% survival rate on ventilated patients. That's, yeah. that's really low. In my, I'm at New York Presbyterian. At our hospital, it's more like 50%. And I think most ICU specialists believe that by learning more about how to use the ventilator effectively, we can increase that number into that 50% range. Wow. We had another note from a lady named Vicky. Yeah. She wanted to know if you're out walking alone, do you need to wear a mask? If you truly are alone, you're not walking by other people, that's, you do not need a mask. But uh, if you're in a crowded path and you're walking, not by yourself, but people walking by you continually, I would wear a mask because as they exhale, or uh, if they're running, you know, they'll, they'll you know, yeah. be really moving a lot of air. They'll, little droplets of, of saliva will get into the air, and they stay in the air for 15 minutes. These little clouds from our breath that those virus particles are in, and they can therefore get into your nose. And once they're in your nose, they set up shop, and they immediately invade the, um, the, the body. So the smart thing to do is wear a little cloth or something just to slow down the virus particles because they're in droplets of fluid. It's not the virus you're stopping. It's the fluid. I like that. It's going to set up shop in your body, right in your nose. <laughs> Thank you, Kathleen. She sent that in. Not the, that was uh, not your Kathleen. Me. Another the other question. But you saying... made a good you made a good point. It was very scary when I read that because well, so many of the people who are suffering from the virus do wind up on those ventilators, and I read twenty percent survival rate. You know, only twenty percent come out of the hospital once they're on that thing. Yeah, but he was saying Columbia Presbyterian, yeah. it's 50%, which is interesting. So they're just using them differently. They're saying out of Britain that they may have a vaccine by autumn, and they're going to start human testing in the next couple of weeks. Have you heard anything about that? I have. Uh, the Oxford reported this yesterday, but there's, I mean, literally no details on what they've done. Uh, I have an idea what they may have been, might be doing, because it's the, 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 the most advanced approach so far is actually in Asia. And what they're doing is taking the spike protein of the virus. The way this virus sets up shop, to Scott's point, is it drills a little hole in your cells. It's got a little spike on it. And that spike gets into the cell, and that's how it gets into you. So the, imagine just breaking that spike off and then putting it on a safe virus, a virus that doesn't hurt you. 
Mm-hmm. Like it had no virus. And then you put that spike on there, put that virus in the body, and now the body immune system is exposed to the spike, but if it misses it, it's not a big deal because it's not dangerous for you. The virus can't hurt you. And then you can quickly make up antibodies. So when you see the real coronavirus with its spikes, you recognize the spikes, you kill that, that virus, plot, that, that, that the element, and before it can get into you, before it can cause damage. So those are the concepts, and it's a very fast tool because you can... That technology exists. So you're basically pasting together two ideas, the identification of this virus with a platform that already works. And that's how a lot of these vaccines are going to get accelerated. You know, just to be clear, it takes years to make a vaccine. The idea that we could do it even in a year is stunning. The, the idea of doing it by the fall, I'm very dubious. I can't imagine that's possible. He is Dr. Oz. He's got his own television show, in case you have not heard. In his basement. (laughs) 1 p.m. on Fox 5. I know you're busy, and everybody wants a piece of Dr. Oz. Thank you so much for taking time, and we'll, we'll meet you here next week. God bless. Can I give one plea to everybody to think about just one thought? In order for this uh, country to get back on its feet, we're going to have to probably take folks who are older, like older than 80, or who have chronic comorbidities and ask them not to be in the mainstream of American life. It's going to be hard. Uh, It's a discussion we don't want to have, but I don't see how we can avoid saying it because 90% of the hospitalizations are in those groups. Old, really old wow. uh, folks who have comorbidity syndromes. And listen, a lot of us have loved ones in that group. I want them safe. And for a year, we're going to have to figure out a way of keeping them safe. That's the number one challenge that I'm focused on now. So keep that in your mind. God Take bless. Care, Dr. Oz, talk to you soon, partner. Take care. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.